Some episodes may contain adult themes or explicit language. Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we are joined by professional StarCraft II player Skylar of Team Exxon. Team Exxon hosts a weekly tournament every Wednesday that we proudly sponsor, so be sure and check it out. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. So what's up, Brett? How you doing this week? Hey, doing pretty good. Pretty excited. Awesome. Yeah. So we've got special guest Barnabas Skyler Yu on the show today, a StarCraft II professional gamer from Team Exxon. How you doing today, Skyler? Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah man. thanks for being here. <laughs> so um, you have been playing professional StarCraft. You've been on the scene for about, this is, will be your fourth year, is that right? Um, Actually, I've been playing StarCraft for like 12, 13 years now. Oh, nice. okay. So yeah. Oh, okay. And is that, I, I guess... Since Brood really... War and then Wings of Liberty, Heart of oh, okay. Swarm, and okay. uh, Legacy of the Void now. And then, so I guess maybe a better way to ask that is when did you when did you start? I guess on the professional level. Uh, oh, professional playing? level. Um, yeah. Well, I was grandmaster. Back then, grandmaster was really hard to get, so I was like, maybe Wings of Liberty. As soon oh, as okay. grandmaster was out, I was in grandmaster. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and so you play Terran. Have you have you always played Terran, or have you switched around? Um, I played a lot of I played Protoss in Brood War. I played mm. Zerg in Heart of the Swarm and Terran, and now I only play Terran. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, in kind of in your your general time frame, you've been playing for a really long time. You've been playing professionally a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um. What kind of drew you into Terran? What, you know, why did that race kind of speak to you internally? What was it that was like kind of locked you in for it? Terran is considered the best race. However, it is it is the most highest skill capped race there is. Mm. Um, right now, um, currently in the meta with the battery overcharge. Yeah. And then the devs just went, all right, here's battery overcharge. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> now, right now, that's why Protoss is the most broken race. Zerg is the second most broken race, but the third, the weakest race right now is Terran for sure. But it's the best race if you have the skill for it. Right. Which every race should be, but it's not for Zerg or Protoss. <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. Right. It's a hard game to balance. It's three races, 100 some odd units total. It's It's hard to get the balance there. Right. So yeah, I mean, I guess a question I I am always interested in asking professional gamers is how how do you feel about the fact you know take a game like chess for example where mm-hmm. there is no meta right there's no there's no rule changes over time not to mm-hmm. say there's not a meta I guess but just that there's no <laughs> there's no patch how right. do you feel about the fact that the game is constantly updating do you prefer that there's constant shifts and changes that you're adapting to? Or do you, would you prefer that it settle into a more static kind of environment? Well, right now, um, Blizzard pulled the plug on StarCraft, so it's expiring very quickly mm-hmm. as a game in um, the like constant update-wise. Um, they're moving on to different things, and Blizzard is literally has abandoned StarCraft too right now. So that's why we want the community to keep playing it and keep supporting it through streamers and Twitch and stuff like that. And also podcasts like this, I really like this stuff. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I always have my own podcast on my stream. So right, that's, right. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, so oh, oh no, I was just gonna say, um, you know, we're as a podcast, it's, it's been kind of. Uh, we've gotten some feedback saying that it's it's really weird seeing a podcast sponsoring SC2, but we think that anybody mm-hmm. can be a sponsor. Um, nice. We're both really big fans of Team Exxon and the things that, that Team Exxon has done, the support that Drickett's kind of put out Ooh, there. Right on, right on. And uh, just kind of want to, you know, inquire a little bit that uh, how is how is it being a player on Team Exxon? What is the experience like of, of playing on a team? Um, <laughs> and and how, how do you feel about that? Well, shout out to Drickit. Uh, I, I knew Drickit for a long time now. Literally, this is how long I've known Drickit. I've been using his Netflix for free for two years now. <laughs> that, that's that's how fucking, like, dude, Drickit is my man. Um, awesome. But I recently joined his team, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how does that work? Does I mean, are are you are you initiating that as the gamer, or is the team reaching out to you? Like, how does it work to get recruited Ooh, by a professional team? Okay. So this is a little. Okay. Okay. So this is how it works. <laughs> if the team comes to you, then they have to give you money. But ah. if you go to the team, they don't have to give you money. All right. I see. <laughs> but I knew Drickit, so I I just went to him. Nice. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, and I'm not trying to ask you to expose your bank account or anything like that, but is, <laughs> is the is the is the payment like is there a, a salary of sorts for being a professional gamer or is it primarily just winnings from tournaments and matches and that sort of stuff? Mm. Well, if you're on a good team right now, Team Exxon is currently the number one North American team, in my opinion. Mm. And um, MMR wise, too, we have the most MMR in the na scene at the moment currently because like we have like the top like top three grandmasters are like on our team so mm-hmm. but the koreans that come over to north america they don't count they don't count because <laughs> they are koreans and they're playing from korea but there there's a lot of koreans right now hoarding our mmr in north america yeah well wasn't it several years ago wasn't it true that there wasn't really the region locking in that way and so then koreans would just come over to to play in North American tournaments, like for like the WCS mm. and that sort of oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. For tournaments, uh, yeah. S- some tournaments they do um, region lock, but like the major ones, I think it's region locked. But eventually, there's a all together one as well, where all mm. the regions come together and play. But th- with that, it's it was usually like at an event or something, so there's no ping. But right. the problem now, everything because of COVID, um, right now everything's online. They right. have ping because we have to play on a, a Central Europe or Western America or Korea or China or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something so, that kind of evens things out a little bit, so everybody has the same ping at least. Yeah, yeah. They try to do that as best as possible, but still, it's very annoying to play because I played in many tournaments where I had to play on Korea or EU. Mm. Yeah. So where did you grow up originally? Or where, where are you from? I am born and raised in Massachusetts. I went okay. to college in Maine, and now I'm back in Massachusetts. I have a job. I am a chef, and Ooh. I enjoy my, – my dad's a sushi chef. Nice. Shout out to of, fellow cooks. Yeah, we make a lot of good food every single day. Like, it's a great time. And, and I play StarCraft, and I stream. It's awesome. So to shout out to my – I'm also – formerly a chef but uh Ooh, still nice. a chef at heart so nice uh shout outs there what's what's your like number one go-to meal like if you're gonna impress either uh, a, a relationship or if you want to impress a group of people somebody coming over to your house or something what's your number one go-to signature dish well i've been working at a pretty high-end mexican restaurant for two and a half years now um i'm the I do prep chef and I did, yeah, that's, that's all. That was most of the stuff that I did there. Um, and so it's a good time. Yeah. Mexican food. My dad's a sushi chef. He does Korean and Japanese food. Nice. Oh, awesome. cool. Cool. So yeah, I'm more Mexican. <laughs> so growing up, was there a lot of popularity around Starcraft in, in your local area or was it something you kind of got into independently of the local scene? Uh, I started playing Brood Wars StarCraft very at a very young age because of the fact that my dad played StarCraft Brood War in Korea with oh. my uncle. My uncle was a very good StarCraft 1 Brood, Brood War player, and he always played with my dad. And then when they came to the States, um, they connected with Hamachi, and we mm-hmm. did the Brood War. Like, that was, and then that's, that's when I started to watch my dad play Brood War and cool. just play it. So you kind of got the passing down of the family heirloom yeah. StarCraft genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, my dad, um, he was very into cameras and computers yeah. like mm. in the during the 90s. So he always had computers and cameras. He was a photographer. He still had he still has like very expensive camera stuff right now that he always takes videos with. And he does YouTube. He has like 10,000 subscribers. So awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, cool. I mean, feel free if you want. We'll shout out his YouTube too. Oh, no. There's a lot of embarrassing stuff about me. Ah, so. okay. <laughs> so, no, right. thank so. you. <laughs> That's funny. So there you have it. If, if you can find it, <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> Some people know. So you started playing uh, Brood War, you said, obviously, and, and then transitioned into StarCraft II when that came out. So I guess, I guess actually I'll ask first. 
were you excited by StarCraft two or or did you think that Brood War was was the the real version Ooh. of StarCraft? Oh, yeah. this is a very funny question because I was very naive um, at the time for change i hated change i hated how five workers became 12 workers and stuff like that like i hated change so in brood war i was like brood war is the best game ever you could not move on from this and then starcraft 2 came out wings of liberty and i was like nope i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna stick with brood war and then i saw the i saw how like you can actually micro units right (laughs) (laughs) so that that intrigued me so i got to play wings of liberty like when it first came out and then and then I was like, nah, Wings of Liberty, I'm going to stick to this one thing. And then kept on going up until now. Mm-hmm. I kept on saying, nah, I hate I hate the new changes. I hate the new maps. I, I want, I want, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a common sentiment from people who were, were pretty into Brood War, though, because it, it, yeah, there's yeah. so much passion around it, right? Right. It's a never-changing game now. <laughs> So with your your dad being kind of a, an electronics aficionado and into computers and cameras and stuff, was StarCraft kind of more along the lines of your introduction into gaming as insofar as since you had family members that were super big into it? Or were there other games kind of played in the house or other things of that course. you played first? So my first game was Command & Conquer. Yeah. Oh, nice. um, are we I talking was... Red Alert or are we talking like Red Tibson? Alert, Red right. Alert. So it was Command and Conquer, Red Alert. Um, I played Age of Empires and then Age of Mythology mm-hmm. and then Warcraft 3 and nice. then Brood War. Okay. Age so, of Mythology got those laser crocodiles. Right. I'm a big and fan I, of. <laughs> I, can, I can only play Sky View games like League of Legends, Hearthstone, and StarCraft. Right. I play a lot oh, of card okay. games like Magic okay. the Gathering as well. Nice. So not into like shooters and that sort of thing? Uh, it makes me sick. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't do first person. It makes me sick. I can only do bird eye view. Games. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, you know, obviously you're talking about your family coming over from Korea and obviously StarCraft is hugely popular there. Right. Um, we recently interviewed your teammate Cham and he was saying mm-hmm. that he's going to Korea in April, I believe. Um, is that something that you aspire to do to, to go over to Korea to play there? Um, the, you... the number one. Okay. I'm Korean. I've mm-hmm. been all over the Middle East for missionary work as a young age because my parents are Protestant Christians. I did a lot of missionary work all over the Middle East, but I have never been to South Korea, my homeland, before. Mm. So my number one reason to go to South Korea um, as a Korean for the first time is for the one ping. <laughs> right. That's, that's my only. That's my number one reason. Right. <laughs> and I want Korean barbecue. I eat a lot of Korean barbecue at home, but I want to try the authentic uh, Korean barbecue. Yeah, I would love to try Korea. a authentic bulgogi. That's right. that's like one of my dream yeah, dreams yeah. to go we and make have br- like yeah, yeah, yeah. right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My my mom's Korean, so she gets all the um, Korean food at Korean Mart nice. at Boston so cool. every every month. We get bulgogi and Korean barbecue. But I want to try it at Korea. It's different. Right. Yeah, it's going to be different when it's right there on the street right so uh, whenever um whenever you you're playing and you said in wings of liberty you know you got into grandmaster is that kind of where what indicated to you that you wanted to try and play starcraft you know for money and, and actually be a professional or was there there's some other indication uh to go pro i mean again i kind of related to the recruiter question that i asked about the team earlier but just i'm just trying to understand how a person transitions into becoming a a pro gamer Hmm. okay um i would consider myself a semi-pro player sure however i am i am a scholar at the game like like composition wise like the the units and what composition beats what composition like coaching wise mm. i would i would definitely because i played this game for 13 years right i researched this game i played it for 10 hours a day since i was a kid like up until now like i played cons i played starcraft constantly i know the game in and out and i know how everything changed and how it is now where it's not going to change from now on because of the starcraft blizzard devs and stuff like that but right. yeah like i feel like i know a lot about the game but my gaming and mechanic wise is hovering at a semi pro level okay top 30 you. top 30 or top 25 i've gotten well, rank one two times though 
Well, Brett and I largely play in silver, so yeah. oh. <laughs> we both hit gold. We got to gold for. Oh, did we get to gold? Okay, we got to gold for a little bit. <laughs> Not for long. Okay, okay. We're terrible. We are terrible. Uh, it's now still we also don't practice a lot. Yeah, uh, right. But it's 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 just a it's such a it's such a <laughs> dynamic game. There's just nothing else even that even approaches it. I mean, even something like like I think that MOBAs, while they're very different than RTS, I think they're the closest thing. But I think that something like StarCraft just has so many more variables than even something like League of Legends or, or Dota. When I was like eight years old, I said StarCraft was the best game in the world. And now that I'm an adult, I'm 21 years old now, I still believe StarCraft is the best game in the world. Like yeah. nothing comes close to it. Um, like intellectually wise, like it's literally politics in a video game. Like I feel like the politicians right now in America and all over the world are playing StarCraft, but real life. Right. That, that's how I see it. Like I grew up with StarCraft. So I incorporated the mechanics and um, information that StarCraft gave to me in real life. Right. And that's how I became a rational, logical person that I am. I am <laughs> the, today. The wisdom of, <laughs> of, of StarCraft. It actually did contribute a lot to my brain growth. Yeah, I mean, we had, I, I don't know if it's the title of the episode, but we, when we first started the podcast, we did an episode about how StarCraft was almost like a, acted as kind of a life coach because it, it presents you with so many adverse situations and you have to learn how to overcome <laughs> your, your own emotions and, uh, and proceed and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, it definitely got me over uh, some of my road rage issues where I didn't have much. <laughs> But it's one of those things that you don't have a lot of, at least in my life, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to practice not being angry at stressful situations. Mm -hmm. And StarCraft definitely gave me plenty of opportunity to very rapidly practice uh, what mm. it's like to be angry and to fail. <laughs> mm. I, so, yeah, yeah. do you um, kind of in that in that same zone of applying, mm -hmm. you know, StarCraft to the real world, um when you're up against an opponent, what's your, like, kind of what's your headspace? What goes through your mind? Are you mm. thinking about, you know, specifically how to counter your opponent? Or are you thinking about how to bluff? Or is it all kind of just Ooh. in the moment muscle memory? Like, what's that zone and space like Ooh, for you? That's a, that's a beautiful question. So I have, okay, so we have a Grandmaster Discord where um all the grandmasters are can join up and we go on discord we talk we're like let's queue up right now i want your points and and then after we play the game we discuss it we have a really good time so literally um hmm, i know everyone in grandmaster league and a lot of um, people in master league as well that can reach my mmr level and queue up with me so i know how everyone plays um, so it's mostly mind games. My mm. builds are very oriented around mind gaming the opponent and doing a build first. And then if it succeeds, the next game I queue up versus him, I do a build that disguises the same build that they had me on first game, but I do a different build. Mm. So that kind of mind game where so, I yes. disguise builds. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's kind of an emphasis on mechanics to some extent, but then especially if you're playing multiple games, then that's when it kind of transitions more into to the mind game, playing playing the person instead of just playing the the strategy or the meta of the game itself. Ninety two percent of my games are playing the person, mm. so that's it's mo it's all my games mostly, because I know everyone. Right, right. I've been playing every single day, so I know the meta. I know the people. Yes. Right. But recently, I've noticed that there is a slight spike in new people that are reaching um, my MMR range. So it's pretty. Do you think nice that is maybe people. kind of the the final result of it going free to play? Was that a final years ago? final yeah, generation? Like finally, generation. finally getting all those people that started in bronze <laughs> when it first went free to play, and now kind of getting up to to that level. <laughs> well, that's exciting because I I enjoy stealing builds. And I enjoy mm. seeing what other people do that I've never seen before. But I've pretty much seen everything that you can see, in my opinion. Because I played tens of thousands of games doing the same build thousands and thousands of times. So 
So there's obviously a lot of like really like you said you're you're playing tens of thousands of games you're playing constantly there's obviously a lot of skill that you have developed um do you believe that there is kind of an equal part of skill versus something like an ingenuity or kind of a natural raw talent or do you think that it's really just repetition like where would you put that balance between just kind of talent and ingenuity versus raw skill mm. so the number one player in StarCraft II, not Brood War, but StarCraft II history, so all three expansions, is Life. A Zerg ah, player yes! Life. He was my favorite. <laughs> Life was the best player in the history of StarCraft II. Dude, he was crazy. It was so crazy to watch. Yes, it's very important to understand the history of StarCraft II as well, because I, I lived through the history, so I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very um, fun stuff to now see what happened with life and all that. Like at the age of fifteen, when you are eligible to play in GSL, the number one StarCraft two tournament at that time and still is today, mm -hmm. he wins it, which is called yeah. Royal Roads, and no one has ever done that in the history of StarCraft ever as a fifteen year old winning GSL, and not only that, but winning four times in a row after that. Well, and my favorite thing about him, I think, was that he always looked bored. Like he would, he would like yeah. almost like yawn in between matches and stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> this isn't mm. stressful for you. But yeah, mm. he was, he was the first time. And I'm sure, I don't know that he was the first to do it, but he was the first person I saw. It seemed like counter anything on the ground with Zerglings. And it was like, no matter what, he always had more Zerglings and they were always where the opponent didn't want him to be. And I don't know. It was just, it was, it was super fun to watch him play. I was really sad whenever he got hit up for some cheating scandal or something. And I don't think he's ever come back from that. Yes. Um, so I have informants um, that say that life is playing on the oh, Korean cool. ladder today. Ooh. And he is like 6,900 MMR. He's literally a God still. <laughs> and he is like banned. He's been banned for all these years. Right. And oh, he comes man. back and he's like, like rank one, rank two player, but I'm pretty sure he leaves league. So he doesn't get promoted to grandmaster. Ah. So people don't see his name. Right. Right. So he would leave league and stay in master league. So it would be harder for people to search and look for him, but he would have crazy MMR or he would play unranked something like that. Right. right. So this is kind of a strange question, but I, I, I've seen other and Starcraft two players specifically that, you know, when they, when they go into to tournaments, I mean, probably not playing on ladder, but well, but maybe, <laughs> but certainly when they're playing in, in tournaments and things where they're actually like measuring the distance between the edge of the keyboard and the table and how far apart the mouse and the keyboard is, are you that specific with it or is it not, doesn't require that much? Uh... Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't need that much space. Okay. I don't need that much space. So Yeah doesn't have to be that rigorous then yes it doesn't <laughs> Fair it's enough. very like two feet two feet and a half maybe right i can use that space I'm so i guess I, I gotta i gotta ask are you uh mm. i'm which is probably terrible and i'm probably one of the few people that i'm shouldn't be doing this and whatnot but i'm a wrist mouse user are you a yes, wrist or elbow I am, I am a wrist player all right my, cool my i'm a little bit validated <laughs> my brother though has his keyboard like upside yeah, down? It, yeah, right, right. <laughs> upside down and playing like this, like leaning over it. Like, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. Right. No, no, no. It's because it's because he is a Fortnite, Overwatch, yep. Apex Legend, uh, Valorant player, first right. person player. First person players like CS:GO players play like this. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like dummies i don't know why <laughs> starcraft <laughs> players play formally and that's like, why... like normal like yes. very very you know get your tie and your your right. hat out and and square and, your and shoulders up and play like a real person no. that's <laughs> and that's why starcraft players get wrist issues right because we're playing on our wrists mm. that's fair like so do you have i mean do you do like physical therapy to make sure that you keep your body in shape as much as your mind i went to school for physical therapy nice oh nice. Cool. so um so yeah, I work out. I try to work out every single day. Um, yeah, uh, I try to take care of my health. Good. Awesome. Other That's than awesome. smoking vape. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you you mentioned that um, that you played you know some other other games like League and, and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
did you did you ever have you ever considered going pro with any of those or was starcraft the only game that you you thought to play Ooh. at that high of a level Ooh, there is another game that i played dun, just dun, as dun. just as long as starcraft 2 which is magic the gathering oh okay. nice so i went all over the united states playing in um star city game tournaments yeah i played modern standard um and legacy and edh okay i had ten thousand dollars plus worth of magic cards wow. playing um for like 13 years at our local um place like every friday night winning every friday night and and then like all the good players there we we all went to tournaments mm, awesome. around our region so what's your color then or your color combo mm. if you had to pick if you had to pick one slash two you know give you a combo I am an aggro player in StarCraft. I'm a two-baser. I'm a one-baser. I all-in. I pull the boys. So I'm a red and black <laughs> nice. color aggro <laughs> player. Awesome. So are you into the online scene for Magic? Because I know Magic in the last few years has come out with, I think, an iteration of, of Magic Online that's, Magic that's actually pretty popular. Online, yes. Yeah. Are you I, into that at all? Um, okay. This is very <laughs> sad. It's still sad to me. I sold all my magic cards. I feel oh, okay. I feel your pain. I, feel your pain. <laughs> I, I sold all least, my magic cards. I, I sold to a good buddy of mine who had also been kind of a lifelong collector and we'd been friends for well, you know, over a decade and whatnot and both played a lot. So me selling my set to him allowed him to complete his Tempest block. So he has the entire Tempest block, at least one of every copy of that entire block for the three sets. So I I was like, I will sell to you. You're the only person I'll sell to. That's it. And I'm done. <laughs> I, I still have boxes and boxes of magic cards. All yeah. my all my um expensive foiled out right. like, all those Japanese Korean magic cards I've sold. So all my valuable cards I have sold. But right. I still have a lot of magic cards and stuff. Yeah. So what is your, what's your opinion, you know, as a longtime Magic player, what's your opinion of the new card games that have come out to compete with it, like Over or not Overwatch, but Hearthstone and, and those kinds? So I did play Magic the Gathering online for a little bit, but now I am playing Hearthstone a lot more. I've reached Legend. I started playing Hearthstone again like three months ago. Mm. I've been Legend um, all the time. And I'm right currently I'm like Diamond 4, trying to get Legend right now. Nice. Cool. So... Yeah, I like Hearthstone. I spent a lot of money on it. Yeah, <laughs> those the, the the card games are cool, but they're definitely a a money sink. Not uh, as much as League of Legends, though. I spent eight thousand dollars <laughs> on League of Legends. Wow. So yes, Hearthstone maybe a couple hundreds. Right. I got right. I got lucky and just didn't didn't need. I, I was it wasn't in League of Legends long enough to really get too addicted to skins. And about the time that I started buying them is about the that happened to me a few times for a while. If I spent money on a game, I was just done with it at that point. <laughs> like I was like, I'd get really excited and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this cool skin. I'm gonna play this character so much, and I get the skin. I play like two games with it, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done with this game forever. I don't know <laughs> why that was it, but I, I guess I'm lucky in that vein. <laughs> mm. So do you play, you know, the, all the games we're talking about so far are all very PvP focused. Do you play single player games at all or, or does those not really hold your attention? Mm. So the last time I don't play console games anymore. I only play PC because mm -hmm. um, when I was a teenager, that's when I started to get like motion sickness through like TV screens. Mm -hmm. But monitor screens were fine. So I stopped watching tv i stopped playing console games but when i was really little i played ratchet and clank mm. playstation 2 like sonic games and stuff like that mario mario 64 uh with my cousin when he used to bring his gamecube over and stuff like that but so but at this point in time just just multiplayer games yeah yes i like to compete yeah, with yeah. mmr and ranked that's that's all i'm about those numbers they matter give the points yes yeah, I mean, it's obviously, a dopamine. It's a dopamine hit yep. for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, and Brett and I, you know, both of us enjoy single player games certainly, but I do think that that multiplayer games also just offer the most dynamic experience, right? Because you never know what the other person is going to do when it's a human right. opponent. Whereas, no matter how well coded a single player game is, eventually mm. you learn those parameters. But with people, 
you know, they, they can do like you and do do a build and then do a fake build. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my point of view on single player games like mm. God of War um, or whatever, like single player, like my favorite one was Detroit Become, Becomes Human. Mm. Like oh, okay, That was yep. a really good single player game. I like robotic, like technology, um, like choices that you can make in the mm. game. I, I really love that. But to me, it's just like a movie. So I right. watch YouTube right. game game throughs of it if I'm mm. curious enough. I don't need to play it. It's a movie. I can just watch someone else play it. Right. Sure. That, that's what I see when I see a good single player game. I just enjoy watching other people play it. Sure. I, I don't I don't want to really play it because it makes me sick. Right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got friends that are in that same boat where they, they primarily just, if they're going to play something, it's, it's going to be PvP. And uh, yeah, I... That's why, I mean, that's one of the reasons that we started this podcast, though, is to talk about why gaming matters and talk about all the different, you know, ways that people enjoy it. Because there's not just one way that you can get into the space of gaming. There's there's such a variety of ways. Right. So one thing uh, I am kind of curious about, and this is something that we run into, we kind of joke a lot when we, when we play uh, some Rocket League in our off time and whatnot, is just the variety of people's screen names and how every time you think that you know the joke of like every screen name in the world is taken and then you see something that you've never seen before and it just it just kind of like where where do you get that from how did you get to that so you if you want to talk any at all about your screen name and like why it's important to you why you chose it how you came about it like skylar yeah for me mm-hmm. um i had skylar for a long time uh i picked the name because I don't know, but um, I think it was because I, if I ever have a kid, I wanted to name it Skylar. That's why. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That was my only reasoning for that they, name. And it, it doesn't have to be world bending. <laughs> right. I also, yeah. I, I'm also, I also have a nickname Top Gun. Okay. Oh, nice. Because my dad uh, really liked Top Gun, Tom Cruise. That's right. awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah it's just a new trailer for a new one coming that's out. That's right. This year. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, obviously, and maybe again, maybe not as much on, on ladder, but whenever you're playing in, in tournaments or show matches or that sort of thing, A, I guess, do you, do your, do you find your emotions kind of swinging based on the outcomes? And then, and then if so, how do you manage that? Like, how do you, what, what do you do to, to try and keep yourself centered? Or do you not worry about that and lean into the emotion? Mm. Um, I've been to lands before. I was never n- nervous because it was always a f- very fun environment. Mm. Like it was almost like uh, friends, like like online friends meeting up for the first time. Right. So even even if you lose or even if you win, it, there was never hard feelings ever. After the tournament was over, we would go to like bowling alleys and drink margaritas and stuff and just bowl and chill out and have a good time so i was never nervous in lands because all my lands that i've been to was just a fun environment but online um i don't get nervous either because um i just play the player and i play my my style is very oriented on playing my own game Mm. so i i make the opponent play play my game Right. And that's that's how I make the game um, into my favor because I've done this many, many times already. So I know what to do uh, when my opponent reacts to me, not me reacting to my opponent. Mm. That's why I am very aggressive. I do one bases. I do two bases so that the opponent plays me and not me playing him. Right. right. And I get to play by myself. <laughs> yeah. But if you, if you lose, do you not find yourself frustrated or... or, or tilted as they put it (laughs) uh if i lose it's because of my own micro mistakes Ah, or my own mistakes that i because at the end of the game if i lose i know why i lost instantly i don't even need to look at the replay i know why i lost because i already been in that situation millions of times the only um things that i could have done better so there's only things i could have done better right so i don't I don't necessarily. I make the games. I make the games oriented around my builds, so I never look at my opponent um, play. Really, mm-hmm. well, I I do see how they react, but 
I already know what what that situation is already. Right. Sure. So sure. I just so it's my mistakes if I lose. So when we talked to Cham, he talked a lot of, about spending a lot of time, not not post not immediately following a match necessarily, but just throughout you know the weeks or whatever that he would spend time watching replays of his own games and, and just trying to break down that. Do you spend time doing that as well? Um, I steal builds and make okay. it my own and um, make it to my style. So what I would do is watch a professional game, VOD or something, go over the build. Um, when you are Grandmaster and if you played for over a decade, you should be able to look at a build once and memorize it and be able to replicate it perfectly. Right. Um, I've been doing this forever, so I can look at, I can watch the video once. I can skip through it and just know, like memorize the build immediately, and then just do it online, hmm. just play. So that's I, I watch how they, I watch how professional players or YouTube videos um, explain the build. I watch the build, I do it, and then I, and then I tweak it to my style. That's how I usually come up with many builds. So you mentioned that, you know, tournaments for you, especially at least in the land space, very kind of friendly occasions where it seems more like going and hanging out with a group of people that while you may not already really know them personally, you have some interaction with them, you know who they are, you know of them. So you have a little bit of foundation to build off of and and kind of meet somebody that's already a friend for for a long while. But do you still do anything to get yourself in the headspace do you have any kind of routines like a a song to pump you up or any kind of mm. you know mantras or anything to, that you go through to get mantras. yourself in the the headspace hmm. um i would say who i think i don't know 85 percent of my practice time is um is when i'm somewhat high i smoke marijuana as well mm -hmm. so that like i don't know i think that's my only like calming game gameplay like right that's, yeah. you, that's where you get into the zone mm -hmm. fair enough yeah so this is kind of a question not really specific to, to starcraft at all um and obviously you talked about you know the the top down kind of isometric or bird's eye view mm -hmm. is, is important just for for motion sickness but so maybe that is is the most important thing. But um, when when playing games, what is the what is the thing that that makes a game stand out to you the most? Is it art style? Is it the sound? Is it mechanics? Is it the, obviously the presence of PvP is important? But what is it about a game that draws you to a game? Strategy, I think. Mm. And I like flashy things. I like skins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my one downfall. But um, without the skins, if it's just an amazing game with strategy, like chess, mm. um, I played Go a lot. And I was very into um, the, the professional Go scene when the AI started to come and they were playing AlphaGo and stuff like that. Right. Um, so yeah, anything strategy related. I think I think games that have strategies that could implement in real life as well. Mm. Cuz I I'm I'm a very philosophical person. Um so I like implementing what I do with my time in real life as well mm. and have have it become a good um brain exercise. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot at all, but mm -hmm. do you so when I, but do you have any example of that that you can that you can share? And again, I don't mean to, as like a, a challenge as much as just to to help understand what you're describing there. Mm, okay. Mm, for example, Starcraft um, helped me look at life in a very logical and reactionary and macro micro oriented way. Mm. So. Whenever I meet someone, um, I, I, I don't know. I become very psychoanalytic, um, so I can tell how the person feels just by like standing next to them. Like we mm -hmm. all can, we all can. Sure. But I've been 
my brain is more focused on um the emotions in real life as well mm. that um repli- replicate from like my starcraft emotions mm. okay so it's it's a little um it's interesting but it's a little complicating at the same time yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I didn't mean it as, a, <laughs> as a, like a, you know. That's my best explanation. Yeah, that's yeah. Funny. No, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. So you uh, you brought up AlphaGo, and of course, those that are familiar uh, also probably recognize Alpha Star, the uh, the Deep Mind uh, Starcraft AI that that did you know learning and actually learned to play the game, and even kind of learned in the same way that it, or at least similar to the way that a person would by limiting it doesn't just have you know infinite you know actions per minute or anything like that did you ever get to uh i i know it was pretty i think it was restricted to the eu scene but do you do you ever think that you played against alpha star uh or if not what do you think of that type of ai in such a deep strategy game yes um so alpha go um in starcraft is not good enough to uh be people yet so i would beat it 90 out of 100 times Mm. um because like some people actually play a macro like Cyril, he played a macro game and um like he tried to beat it in a fair standard game right but i don't play fair standard (laughs) at all so i play my own game so i would beat it 90 out of 100 times and i've heard of master players beating alpha go as well right but the difference is um alpha go in go like the chess like right. chess board or like korean chess or chinese chess or whatever and in chess related games alpha go will beat humans four out of five times right right there was what do you think of that type of because i mean that's all like deep learning that's all like ai and it's not just brute forcing because a lot of the older like chess and checkers and stuff would use kind of solved games or brute force the moves what do you think about a more dynamic kind of learning AI being introduced to strategy games, even though it's very early on the scene? So every person that played um, Go, for example, online, the all the best possible moves are recorded. Right. Mm. But in StarCraft Two, it's not. There's infinitely more. Um, there is a cap number, but there, it's almost an infinite number of possibilities that you could exploit in the game of starcraft right but in chess there is a less capped number right like there are there's not there's no infinite pixels in a game right so there is a cap at every frame every possible movement that every unit could possibly do but it's close to we could say infinity in my opinion for starcraft but there's there's nowhere near infinity for um go or chess so right. that's why robots will outsmart any human in chess. Right. But not in StarCraft. So, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about StarCraft is is in its last days, and, and it still actually is very vibrant and healthy at this point in time here in, in 2021. But looking forward, you know, three, four, five years out, assuming that StarCraft doesn't continue to thrive, are you looking forward to the frost giant games or do you think that you would try and go into the MOBA scene or, or what do you think would be come after Starcraft two? Or do you not like to, to talk about that? <laughs> Funny as it seems, I've been in this position like four times now with brood war, wings of Liberty, heart of swarm legacy of the void. <laughs> right. And funny enough, I am still like, nah, Legacy of the Void is the best game in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But if Frost Giant comes out with an RTS, I might be like, oh, people are playing that? I might give it a try. And because I already have the RTS knowledge, I feel like I could get a decent level where if I did stream, it could pop off with thousands of viewers and whatnot. Sure. And this podcast could blow up. There we go. (laughs) There we go, man. There we go. (laughs) So if Frost Giant ever comes up, um we'll circle well, back around comes up with up. a R- yeah comes up with a rts you can hit me up and i'll fuck i'll just do it just, yeah man have a good time that would be awesome <laughs> so in that kind of vein um outside of course it seems like gaming is pretty central to a lot of the things you do it's central to your philosophy and uh, a lot of different aspects of your life um, do you find yourself doing anything 
that is as far away from gaming? Like, do you have any hobbies that you would consider perpendicular, like completely opposite? Like, are you into music or cars or is there anything else in your life? Or are you a gamer through and through? Mm. Shout out to my boss because um, uh, we also work at the restaurant together, but we also have a K-pop store nice. online. Oh, cool. And we sell K-pop stuff like albums and like cards, like sealed cards and stuff like that. So hmm. I am very um, intrigued in the scene of K-pop, the K-pop scene as well. Awesome. I, I enjoy watching K-pop and I love rap. I love korean rap i love hip-hop all that stuff what did you think of kda kind of blending league of mm. legends with k-pop yeah uh yeah i feel like k-pop is popping off right now yeah and yeah in america especially um i feel like uh recently um one of the biggest uh k-pop corporation um came out with a new team of k-pop uh, k-pop girl group right. called Aspa and they and they totally copied KDA mm -hmm. with everything but like it's better. <laughs> oh okay. All right. So so it it's very interesting Aspa, yeah. Hmm. I could um link that to you. Yeah, send me some links when we're done. Cool. So um no, go ahead walks. I was just going to say I mean kind of piggybacking off the last question I asked you in, in a similar vein, you know, pro gamers, you know, 10 years ago at your age in your early 20s, everyone would have said, well, you, it's time to retire. That's not as true anymore. And I think people are playing up into to late 20s and in some cases even into their 30s. But at some point in time, you, you would probably have to retire from, from gaming. Um, where do you think you would go after that? And it sounds like maybe the, the K-pop store and that might be a direction. But do you think you would want to be a coach like you'd mentioned earlier or, or maybe more in the media space like a, a streamer? Or where do you see yourself if you weren't a, a mm. gamer anymore? Yeah, I've been doing streaming for a long time now, so I really enjoy doing streaming. Cool. I would love to be a coach too eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I am a coach right now. I do charge people for coaching. Awesome. And I do that. Um, I give them a list of, list of stuff that I will do in our coaching sessions. Um, but yeah, that's like connected with my stream. Right. So that's what I do. Um, also, I really, I really. This is really off topic, but I really enjoy your guy's name, Quantum Anomaly and Time Guy. Who Thank is you. Time? Who is Time Guy? And who uh, is that's me? Yeah, you are Time I'm, Guy. I'm the Quantum Anomaly. <laughs> I really like that. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, well, you know, something that we always want to ask folks uh, is, and it's kind of the the, the tagline of our show. Um, is why gaming matters. And it's something that, that takes a unique flavor for, for each person. Um, you know, we just recently interviewed a game developer and, and his take on it was certainly different than, than some of the other folks we've talked to. But um, so, so my point being, there is no right or wrong answer. But when, when you hear the, the statement or, or the question, why gaming matters or why does gaming matter to you? What is your, what is your take on that? Why gaming matters? Um, mm -hmm. Well, I mentioned, I see life as a game. Mm -hmm. A bunch of mini games, mm -hmm. and and I did mention StarCraft helped my brain develop extremely rationally with real life. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, why gaming matters. I just, I guess that is my meditation mantra, because mm. it puts me in a space where I can close in on and yeah. focus on. So. Yeah, it's really fun. Even though I'm a Terran, like I'm a Terran player, so I can multitask anything. So <laughs> that's why I stream. I can't just focos on one thing. Right. I, I Starcraft's also, not enough for you. Yeah, I also enjoy. <laughs> not enough to do. You have a little spare APM on yeah, the side. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I do. I, I like. I sometimes ban people. I sometimes check my playlist. Make a make a new playlist. Pick another song. Check my setting or whatever. And then play. Like, oh, I know this player is going to be, but they're already behind a minute on their build and I'm ahead. So I can. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome answer, man. And, and, and I say that, you know, it, it's akin to if you if you listen to interviews with traditional um, when I say traditional, I mean, physical sports athletes like NBA players, NFL players, those sorts of things. They will often talk about how the game is their kind of exactly what you're describing, like their mental sanctuary, their place where they can just be in, in a zone where they feel comfortable uh, and not that 
the rest of life is chaos or something, but just it is very much what you described, kind of their their little meditation garden. You need um, that. You need that. Yeah, it's absolutely. a good survival uh, mechanism that we evolved into. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but no, I think that's I think that's super cool, and, th- and that's exactly the, the the reason that we have that as kind of the tagline of our shows because um, Brett and I definitely you know know a lot of people in our lives that that think of games as is a toy or if not even a toy something that you know like a television show or something but just a a waste of time and certainly it can be that in in some situations but it also for us has a lot more significance than that and and obviously for yourself does as well and and we want to highlight that so we're trying to open the pandora's box yeah exactly gaming it's great (laughs) it's awesome that's all i'm about that's all i'm about every single day i wake up let's open up another pandora's box about life let's do that like that's all i'm about that's That's awesome. awesome. Well, is there anything that, uh, of course, we want to shout out Team Exxon and then uh, the Exxon Weeklies? Uh, they've been awesome. Drick, it's been super cool to work Drick with. Drick is awesome. Yep. Um, is there anything in particular uh, that you want to give shout outs to? Of course, your stream. Uh, we'll have some links in the description uh, to some various cool, things. Cool, cool. But is there anything else that you want to bring up? Anything that we didn't go over or anything you want to shout out? The floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Um, I stream like every day, like twice a day or even three times a day. GM underscore Skyler on Twitch.tv. Um, cool. That's all I do, basically. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, give me a follow. And you guys are awesome. I love I love talking about stuff like this. Awesome. Philosophy, gaming, whatever. Anything that has to do with that I um, personally had to do with in my life, like talking about it, it's awesome. So I hope I can do this again with you guys yeah for yeah, sure man. well and certainly anybody that wants to continue the conversation with skylar can uh pop over to his twitch sounds like you're pretty active over there so if you want to chat with him he seems pretty open awesome yeah for sure man yeah we we really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the show and like brett said we'll have links to your, your twitch so people can just quick click directly on that and, and check it out and yeah we'll, we'll definitely be in stay in touch um but yeah skylar thank you so much for for joining the show today man it's been a real pleasure thank you thank you for yeah. having me thank you have a good one. So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a coffee at our Ko-Fi, which is ko-fi slash P-U-Y-S pod. Or, hey, just tell a friend about us, because that really does make a difference. All of the links in our social accounts are available down in the show notes. And if you want to hear more from either of us on topics outside of gaming, you can check out Walker's podcast, The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests, and my other podcast, Dungeons & Dinners, which is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. <laughs>